Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. How do we heal? How do we heal, Doc? So my, I went to osteopathic medical school. So we, traditional medicine, I took both MD and DO boards, but we believe in the body's ability to heal itself, mind, body, soul. My motto, what I tell all my patients, your mind is the most powerful organ in your body. You could have the best physical physique, your labs could be great, but if your mind, if you are depressed, is going to manifest itself in the physical. So how we healed ourselves, you have to start with the spirit and the mind first. What does holistic healing refer to in the medical profession? We hear a lot about holistic healing. What does it actually mean? So it means treating the whole person, meaning if you're coming to me and you're saying, Doc, my stomach hurts, I want to know what type of work do you do? How often, how many hours of sleep do you get? What's your home life like? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Holistic medicine means I'm not just going to say, oh, your stomach hurts. Let me give you some Nexium because it has to be GERD. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to throw pills at you. I want to know the whole person, the whole situation, Mm -hmm. right? So holistic healing, that's why there's a big push, especially for me. Primary care is so important because I had that time in my clinic to say, hey, how you doing? This is a nice office. I try to make it very homey-like so we can unwind and I can really unpack the person. So I'm treating the whole person. I'm not just treating a symptom because anxiety can cause the stomach to hurt. But how would I know that if I don't sit and I, you know, I ask you because you may not even know you're anxious. You may be like, well, you know what, Doc? I actually sleep like three hours a day. I got this deadline at work. You know, I did, something's happening with my mom. I've been taking care. So it, it, it's a consciousness. The holistic healing is the whole person, mind, body, soul. What did Hippocrates, referred to as the quote-unquote father of medicine, mean by let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food? Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. What do you mean by that, Doc? So in my interpretation of that is that all medicine, all food. So what is medicine, right? So if I I see a lot of patients that come into my ER and, oh, I feel weak, I draw your labs, your potassium is low. Where do we get potassium, right? It's in the food we ingest and then the bacteria in our gut process that and we absorb it for our nutrients. So when he says, let thy food be thy medicine, if you're eating the things that you should eat, not all this processed McDonald's, let me grab some freezer food. And I know I'm super busy, but eating the things that we came from the earth, how we were eating for thousands and thousands of years, how your body has the proteins and knows how to process and digest. That is your medicine, right? Mm. And let thy medicine be thy food. So my, my view is, look, I'm a, medicines, if you need it, I'm going to give it, but my idea is to get you off of that. So you're eating the things and you're taking in the supplements to where your medicine is your food, right? Like mm. at the point to where you have pathological damage for not ingesting the nutrients and the, the medicine, the food that you're supposed to, 
then it permanently damages that natural cycle of your body to where now you may need medicines long term. So mm. if we let that medicine be that food and that food be that medicine, we can avoid being on real medicines indefinitely. Mm. Come on, sister. You know, in 2010, I went to Tanzania, Africa, part of the LSU study abroad, Swahili study abroad program. They ended it right after that year. I actually met my wife out there and uh, we've, we, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy how it, how it happened. But when I was out there, it's rude to go into someone's home and not accept their food. So we're staying with host families. We're out there for two months. We're staying with host families. It's 12 of us, and it's like six different homes that we're staying in. So we went to another, like, classmate's house, you know, with the host family, and if they're cooking, and they offer you food, you had to eat. Like, it would be considered rude not to eat. You know, and so I've eaten more out there because I kept going from my host family to, right. you know, then the woman I was trying to impress, but now wife, you know, to, their, to her host family. Right. And so I'm eating at these different houses and I really didn't want to, you know, eat all that food, you know, but again, it was considered rude. I've eaten more over there in Africa than I've ever eaten in my life. I was eating fish. I was eating chicken. I was eating rice. Yeah, I mean, all of it. I lost 30 pounds while I was in Africa. Not only did I lose 30 pounds while I was in Africa, I began, I no longer needed sleep medicine to go to sleep. Like I, I no longer needed sleep meds. I was waking up with the roosters. I was waking up at dawn and I was going to sleep just fine. I mean, it was like I became like in unison with the timing of the earth, the timing of the day. And it just happened naturally while I was out there. But what I noticed is that if we ate fish, they went and got that fish. I'm watching them as they bring in the fish that day to go and cook it and clean it. If we right. ate chicken, the chicken was was killed and cleaned that morning. And whatever they served, everything they served, they served fresh. So despite me eating more than I've ever eaten in my life out there in Africa, I still lost 30 pounds and my body just completely rejuvenated itself. It was amazing. Talking about let food be that medicine. So question number four, Doc. How do we navigate being a professional uh, provider while moving into the influencer space of entrepreneurship, A, and then B, why pursue being an influencer when you already have a successful private practice? So with the advent of social media, some people say it's negative, it's addictive, but what I have noticed is it's a powerful tool to be able to reach a massive amount of people at once. I see people at the, usually their worst day of their life whenever I'm working as a hospitalist or in the ER, right? So I get the same question over and over and over. I get, I start to see a pattern to where it's really a lack of knowledge and how can I use my knowledge that I have six figure student loan debt for in order to get people's attention. And with being able to have a platform, it's it's the way I can reach people before they have something that, you know, could kill them or put them down dialysis forever. It's about preventative. So influencer, I mean, it's kind of weird to think of myself as an influencer, but I feel more so as using my platform and my voice and my knowledge to reach everybody or more people than I can reach just as one doctor. I can only see and return so many phone calls a day. I do have twins. They're three single moms. So I, I mean, but I, th this is, this is where it is. This is the wave of the future that we, this is a great tool. I mean, I could save and touch a lot. Even if one person, just one person I could get to think about, Oh, well, 
let me try to go make a salad instead of picking up, you know, some McDonald's, you know, that that's one person that I could decrease their cardiovascular, you know, risk of having a heart attack, you know, by. Right. so it makes a difference. I have so there's so many people out there suffering, so many people out there suffering, doc, and people come through my door and it's the same question. It is the same thoughts. These, it is the same emotions. And then on top of that, what they helped me to realize is that I have the same questions and emotions and thoughts that they have. And so as I'm exploring and, you know, in, in doing that introspection and understanding myself, not only through the knowledge through my scholastics, but also through what it is that God himself has given me through experience, you know, and discernment. I said a, a social media platform, I can reach so much more people, so many more people. You know, I could bless so many more people via social media platform. And all they have to do is just tune in to what it is that we're doing. People, two people that actually care about what we put out there. We care about the messages put, that we put out there because we desire people to get free. It's ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. And so we want to put that knowledge out there to as many people as possible so people can get free from stuff that should not plague them at all. Mentally, physically, nor spiritually. So for those who have been scarred, you know, by the medical community, you being a practitioner in the medical community, what message and you being passionate, you know, and you really want people to heal and, and be able to have that knowledge. What message do you have for those people who are pretty skeptical right now of anybody in the medical community? Well, I say that I understand because even as a clinician, I have had some really horrible experiences with other clinicians, you know, on the outside of it. I think that assumptions and, you know, there's still a little bit of a bias. And I'm not the type of person to where if I'm sick or like when I was pregnant, I had a really, you know, high risk pregnancy with my twins and I had them two months early. I don't walk in there, you know, feeling like I'm going to die. Like I'm a doctor, give me special treatment. No, I, <laughs> I expect that you're going to do it. But I've, I've experienced that too. So I understand how that feels. My advice is that, you know, whether you have to pick a doctor that you trust. Mm -hmm. Also, the big, big thing, big, big thing, the ER, despite Dr. House, is not a place where they're going to fix something that, you know, a doctor has been seeing you with for years. Mm -hmm. Your primary doctor that has that relationship with you, that knows you, that has all of your medical history is going to be your best person. And if that person isn't doing it for you, you have to find somebody to where that relationship works both ways. Okay. It, this is a partnership. It's not a dictatorship. If a patient doesn't trust me, you know, and they're not going to share things with me, I can't really help them, right? If, you, if you're not going to tell me all of your medical history or if you do smoke cigarettes and not smoke cigarettes, I'm not going to know to look for blood clots in your legs. I mean, there are certain behaviors that you do that cue me off on things to look for. There is no magical one test that screens for cancer. I, it's the physical exam. It's the labs. It's, uh, it's all of my experience, years of studying that's going to help me catch things. So my advice is, don't give up on the entire medical community altogether. Ask your friends, ask your family, man, do you have a good primary care doctor that you like? Who is that? When, before you don't just pick a doctor that's listed on your insurance company. Okay. Pick a doctor. Go look them up. Look at the reviews. Look, ask the doc. Go in there. Ask the questions of them. Don't just go in there on your phone and just, Oh, well, my job is giving me a 20% discount on my insurance. If I go and see the doc. No, you're paying for this service. This, this is to help 
you, <laughs> you know? So take it seriously. Just like you take your car, you wouldn't take your car to a guy that thinks that he could fix your car, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would take it to a shop that you think, okay, this shop is reliable, this this mechanic is good. It's the same way. You're, you only get one body, you know, that I know of. One, one body, one life. Your doctor's going to help you take care of that. Yeah. And let me just say for those who, who have not found that, that one doctor yet, I also was very skeptical up until, you know, work and, and overworking myself. I fell physically ill because of what was happening up here, you know, walking through the, you know, being a therapist in, in, uh, in a prison, you know, multi level security prison, you know, four years of watching these tortured souls and the way that I was able to feel that energy day after day, it really did a number on me without me realizing it. But I was always running, running, running. So uh, the physical symptoms kicked in. And then finally, I, I called in, you know, and my my NP, my nurse, my nurse practitioner introduced me to the MD that she was under. And, you know, I told her before, I was like, look, I don't really trust, you know, I'd had some traumatic situations occur. I don't really trust doctors. You know, I trust you. I can stick with you. She's like, no, look, I I promise you, you're probably going to like him. This man pulled me in earlier than the cashiers were out there. That man sat down and talked to me for an hour and a half. Caucasian male MD. My first, like, real legit positive experience with an MD. And that man saved my life. That man saved my life. You know, and so I finally found someone that I can trust, you know, um, and so look, it, trust doesn't have there's no monopoly regarding skin color when it comes down to trust. Like no skin color has a monopoly on trust. Understand oh. that, you know, oh, and right. so please find you a provider that can understand you, that cares, will ask the questions, will look you in the face and talk to you instead of look down at their notebook the entire time you're in the office for 15 minutes or whatever. Find someone that cares about you and then go them, go to them and stick with them. You know, physical, your mind, your, the body, mind, spirit. You got to nourish all three of them. We got to take care of all three of them. All right. It's time for a change, people. It's time for a change. We need, uh, we need more people of color out there, you know, who are, you know, passionate and, and who are really trying our best, being intentional about getting that healing message, that truth message out there in the various disciplines that we are in, you know. Because there are, we, we, we have some brilliant minds in our communities, you know, brilliant minds, you know. And, and one of the main things that we've always suffered from is the lack of support, you know, not only from our own professional communities, but also from our, our own black and brown brothers and sisters as well, you know. And so we have to move towards this space of supporting each other. You know, this the mission that I have and why I'm so grateful to meet with you, Doc, and and to form this collaboration is I believe, you know, if you if you if you know the length or the you know what determines the height of a wave, uh, it is the amount of water molecules that are oscillating to the same frequency. The more water molecules that oscillate to the same frequency, the larger the wave. My goal is and, and my passion is, as many others who are uh, followers of that message of love is that we put that message of love so far out there and shine it so bright that we collect as many water molecules out there and get them to operate on the same frequency as us, oscillate to the same frequency as us so that we become a large tidal wave that creates a radical change based off of love in our society instead of fear. There's too much fear out there. And that fear is causing hate. It's causing dissension. 
you know, and it's causing uh, destruction, not just upon each other, but on our own very bodies. We're dying at record rates, you know, and so it's time. It's time that we choose a different route. Again, the very definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect different results. It's time for a change. It's time for a change. Do you tell your time what to do or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion. Confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. A-B-O-U-T to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.